0: Yes. yo yo whoa 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 what is up golfers welcome back to the podcast tim connor here golf coach that's what i do that's my thing i teach golf all day long that's that's my career and this podcast is to help pass along the tough stuff i get to see day in and day out in the trenches teaching this very complex but highly satisfying sport that is golf Welcome back. Welcome here. This podcast is dedicated to the golf learning curve. Every week we break something down in the name of playing better golf. Whether that's inspiration, technique, or coaching, or how to work through something, this is kind of a catch-all for golf improvement. You guys, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Leave this thing a review. Share it with a friend. Share it with the slicer. Share it with the club champ. We can all do better. I can do better. You can do better and we're in the pursuit of inching away, chipping away at playing this lifelong game that is golf. Today, I wanna talk to you about something I consider kind of a buzzword and maybe a bit of a controversial topic in golf. Controversy, I guess, would be more internally for me because how do you define it? It's tempo, tempo. How do you define what tempo is? What makes a player have good tempo versus what doesn't i have an answer for that i also have an answer for defining it and it's kind of an interesting talking point most players associate their success a lot do with some version of tempo they feel like they're swinging in a rhythm that allows them to play good golf now is this the thing that allows them to play good golf or are they just playing good golf that day That's the answer that is totally anecdotal. We can't really answer that with science. We can only answer that with our opinion. And if it's helpful, I'm all for it. But I don't want you to look for answers where there aren't answers, or associate success with something that might not be helping you be successful. So tempo, Tempo, I want you you to visualize this once really quick, and if you've never seen these swings, I want you to pull them up on the internet and check them out. Freddie Couples, check out his tempo. Annika Sorenstam, Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, John Daly, Bryson DeChambeau. All of these players play pretty good golf. And arguably, they would play good golf with different tempos. Freddie Couples versus Tiger Woods. Very different tempos. All right, Freddie is, or like Ernie Els would be another example of someone similar to Freddie Couples. Ernie Els, Freddie Couples. Check those swings out. Both of them play golf with this very syrupy type tempo that swings back and through with this very fluid, smooth, everything is just like so buttery good, just moving in one piece. And then you get someone like a Tiger Woods that kind of lashes at it, or a Bryson DeChambeau that just kind of lashes at it. And I, when I say lash, don't think of that as being like derogatory or bad, but they swing hard, they rip at it. They have relatively fast backswings and fast downswings. I just want you to understand that there's good, there's different styles of tempos that universally play good golf, all right? Annika Sorenstam, very syrupy tempo, very rhythmic, very back and through without a heavy change of speed, it seems, to the eyeball. Now, we know the club head has to be swinging with speed because that's what projects the ball out there, but visually, one looks different than the other. Annika looks different than Bryson. Now, what makes these golfers good, or why Why do their swings work? Well, in my opinion, a universal amongst great hitters is that when you turn, everything turns together. Your hands, your arms, your hips, your chest, your torso. As the club moves away, all of those pieces are turning at similar rates. One item is not moving without the other. This is a common amateur mistake. Many amateurs start swinging their hands, and then their body has to play catch-up. Tour players kind of do the opposite, where they start swinging their body, and then the arms and everything just follows in a very nice sequence. There's kind of a key takeaway right there. Everything should be moving and turning together. Could be moving slowly, or could be moving quickly. The tempo thing is a very, very deep rabbit hole. Here's kind of my summarized opinion. I guess I don't have to summarize it too much. We're on a podcast here, so I can talk as long as I want. It's basically that your tempo is going to be similar to your personality. This is pretty heavy stuff, and you can't fight it. You cannot fight the person you are. Some of you move through the day like Freddie Couples. Everything's kind of chill, easygoing. You're no in no rush to get to the next place. You have a swagger to your walk that is. Not one of a person that's in a rush. Some of you are in a hurry. You want to go from A to B. You want to rush your way there. You have a hard time following someone on the highway. <laughs> it's just, you know, the kind of person you are and you know the kind of differentiators in those personalities that I'm talking about. And there's always room in the middle because where everything is not black and white. Some people can chill, some people can are more. Um, up-tempo, let's call it, throughout their day. Those things tend to reflect in their golf swings. So if you're a person that's an aggressive driver, uh, literally on the highway, you're probably an aggressive swinger of the club. If you're lackadaisical and chill and everything is cool and you can hang out at the beach, you're probably gonna have a more syrupy, slow tempo. All right? It really is a personality trait and you cannot fight who you are. So it's better to just own who you are and be that instead of trying to change uh, the stripes of a tiger is another way to say it. So me personally, I swing hard. I have chilled out more later in life and I think that my golf swing reflects that as well. And you'll see this through people's careers as well. You'll see people who lash at the ball when they're young, and as they get older, it might look a little more syrupy, and some of that's maturity. Some of it's just that tempo changing. But what I want you to take from this, what I want you to understand is that good players turn everything together, right? When the club comes back, everything is moving together. Hips, it starts with your core. Hips, shoulders, out to the arms. Everything is moving together in one piece. That old term, one-piece takeaway, It's a really nice way to refer to how the club should be coming away. We want all of these parts working together. Now, as we get to the top of the golf swing, here's where it can get a little murkier because there are players that transition violently and there are players that transition more smoothly, both of which can work. And I'm not saying that one is more right than the other. One thing that is another universal truth, a more well-rounded truth, Universal, it's hard to say things are black and white, but one thing that is more commonly seen amongst great players versus amateurs is that when they transition, they're gonna transition and their hips are gonna be that initial igniter. The hips are gonna ignite the sequence and then everything will follow afterwards. Very common for an amateur player where their shoulders or their arms might ignite that down swing sequence. And because of that, the club path and hand path will work outward and this can be the root of a lot of outside in swing paths. It's not a good habit. We want our lower body to initiate that downswing sequence and everything else will kind of play catch up like a rubber band. And that's how we really drive speed from the inside out. It's, it's one major way to accumulate speed versus lashing at it with your upper body or your arms. Everything can help create speed. So your arms can help contribute speed. Your wrist can help contribute speed. Your legs, it's all driven from the inside first though how much you're turning and the rate at what you're turning. But today is not about accumulating speed or swinging harder. It's really about, to circle back, it's about owning the person that you are and allowing that person to be reflected in your golf game. This is pretty deep, y'all, but it's true. And I want this to really stick home, so let me try and do a good job. Be the person you are on the golf course that you are in your personality. If you're creative, be creative on the course. If you're chill, Have a chill swing. If you are uptight and up-tempo and rushing from A to B, don't be afraid at swinging hard at the ball. Swinging hard is a blessing. If you can create swing speed, that's great. But there are things that great players do that you shouldn't ignore. Everything turning together in sequence is one of those things. Get to know who you are, own who you are, be comfortable in your own shoes, quite literally. Be comfortable, be the person you are, Let your personality shine through on the golf course. Don't try to hide it. Understand that there are multiple tempos that play great golf. And if you wanna reference that, circle back to those players I talked about earlier. Amongst the greatest players of all time, and if you watched them all swing side by side on the range, you would observe very different tempos. There's more than one way to play this game. It's not a cookie cutter answer. The answer is in the process. Enjoy the process, put the work in the right places. You guys, gals, submit me your questions. I wanna know what you want to know. We got a whole winter's worth of content we gotta make here on this podcast. We gotta talk We got to talk about and make next year your best season ever. And I need you to help me do that. So submit me your questions anytime. Reach out to me on socials. I love hearing from you guys. Leave this thing a review, share it with a friend. I will catch you back here, same time, same place, next week, we'll see you. Right then right there. Keep working hard in the name of your goals. He's crazy.